Welcome to Innovation Destination, the podcast channel for supply chain industry professionals. This episode is part of our Executive Perspective series, where we will hear from the C-suite of the electronics and manufacturing industry. Here's your host, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Connect, Tyler Fussner. Frank, thank you for joining us today. Hey, good morning, Tyler. Thanks for having me. If you could please introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit about A2 Global. I am Frank Cavallaro, the CEO of A2 Global Electronics and Solutions. I have been in and around electronics distribution, logistics, and technology for the better part of 35 years. And A2 Global is an electronics semiconductor distribution company, as well as services around the supply chain. And Frank, I'm very excited to talk to you today about the semiconductor and electronics market. My first question for you is, can you kind of tell us a little bit about how the semiconductor market of 2023 panned out? It was really a tale of two industries, Tyler. I think if I can step back for a second and reflect on how did we get into 2023, and then I can talk about how we got out of 2023. If you remember, through the pandemic-fueled constraint periods of the electronic supply chain, we had a tremendous amount of run-up in not only demand, but also pricing and price fluctuations, mostly to the to the upside. With that came a whiplash or a backlash in 2023 of an oversupply marketplace. And we had all expected that oversupply marketplace or those oversupply products to be burned off or to go through the system by the end of 2023. And first, we were all saying mid-2023, then Q3 of 2023, and then eventually Q4 of 2023. And really, that didn't happen, and, and for a couple of reasons. Specifically, you know, we've been in a prolonged, squishy demand cycle. And on the flip side of that, we've had supply that has been priced still at the higher end of the pricing spectrum. So without really strong demand and with pricing at its peak still, even through an oversupply marketplace, we saw really a minimal burn off of that overall excess inventory oversupply industry. But the good news is, Tyler, that 2024, we think it's going to burn off by mid-year or around mid-year. But that's how we, uh, we exited 2023. We entered it with high hopes of a return to a more normal supply and demand balanced marketplace for semiconductors, but we exited it really not there yet. You touched on 2024 and some of the expectations for that. What can the industry really anticipate this year for the chip supply chain? So as we look into 2024, we have a couple of dynamics that will help us ease out of the oversupply marketplace and ease into the more balanced supply and demand for semiconductor technology. The first thing is is that the pre-purchasing of inventory that happened during the constraint period where users of semiconductors were asked to either invest along with the manufacturers of the technology or even at the fab level, but in return for that investment, they were committed to certain levels of product. Those contractual arrangements are wearing off. So with that, we'll see some price degradation and some price normalcy to today's demand level. And as that happens, and as we ease through, the second half of 2024, we're looking for a more normal demand picture. Why? Well, we'll have better supply and better supply visibility. So we'll have surety of product manufacturing. 
And the second piece is we're seeing an overall better economic situation, not only with the ease of interest rates, but along with that, the capital and capital investments that go along with better demand dynamics. We can point to AI as one of those things or AI-related hyperscaling. We'll probably see some level of return in the electronic vehicle marketplace or EVs, but not necessarily EVs themselves, but the infrastructure technology, charging technology that goes along with them that should help spur additional demand. So once again, we enter the year with high expectations, but also once again, we're looking at second half of the year 2024 for those things to happen. So it sounds like the supply is in store. We have the supply. The demand is set to increase. There's definitely some growth opportunities in many certain verticals. Are there going to be any procurement challenges in the upcoming year? So, Tyler, we always see in the semiconductor manufacturing distribution and usage marketplace, we always see a a delicate balance of supply and demand. Typically, they're not as exacerbated as we saw during the post-pandemic run-up or the 2023 kind of rundown, but we're always some level of imbalance. I think what we'll see in 2024 is that continuing to micro imbalances or micro shortages and micro oversupplies, depending upon the technology type. But we'll also see another dynamic that's kind of cresting and that maybe a lot of people aren't talking about, specifically as the fab companies, the wafer fab manufacturers, really keen and focus on smaller geometry technologies, low power, high compute power that's used in hyperscaling and power, power delivery transfer for infrastructure, they'll be less focused on the larger geometries, which are, say, 25 nanometer to 45 or even above to 60 nanometer. With that comes a double-edged sword. The users that are focused on the newer technologies will have a good supply chain to work with, and then they'll just have to work on their own demand and pricing and the usual things procurement folks work on. But the users of the larger geometries, which is still pretty long tail in aerospace and defense, in infrastructure, power grid, in a lot of the industrial applications that have broad installed user bases that go on for years, not quarters. So technology that lasts in the field for years, they're going to really have a hard time finding their key components, quite frankly, because they're just not manufactured anymore. And so it's important for those organizations to partner with a lot of different specialty distribution companies like A2 that can help them navigate those spikes in their demand with good supply. And speaking of the wafer fab aspect of this situation, we're hearing, unfortunately, all too often stories of the delay in wafer fabrication factory construction. What are the implications of that? It sounds like the Wafer fabs want to be on the new and exciting and the growth aspects of this technology. Can the market expect some serious impacts? So let's play that out. And and that's an excellent point, Tyler. So as I mentioned, the wafer fab and the higher end technology manufacturers are really keying in those smaller geometries, which are used in these cutting edge applications, hyperscaling, AI, and anything related to that. And we have yet to see what the AI infrastructure looks like. We've seen AI and the power of it in and of itself, but there's going to be a lot of things up and around it that get built in order for it to become ubiquitous in our everyday kind of use. So 
if there is a more rapid adoption of those things, which we all expect it to be, though the use of AI in everyday both consumer and commercial applications, coupled with the delay in the fabs that make those types of technologies, we're setting ourselves up for a really undersupplied marketplace. So the delays in those fabs are really double-edged as well. They're smart from a managing the balance sheet today mentality for those companies and organizations, but for the users on an ongoing basis, because fabs are finite, once you build them, there's only so much output you can get from it. And they're also expensive to build, and they take a long time to build. You add all that together, and if you're not on schedule, we're really setting ourselves up for what could be a pretty prolonged constraint period at full demand in the future. Something absolutely to keep an eye out on and for the industry to take note of in order to get ahead of that impending shortage. And say that we do run into a situation with constraint supply or reaching peak demand, what are some strategies to help OEMs mitigate that supply chain risk? One strategy I wanted to ask you about would be inventory prepayment. How does that work? I think that is an excellent strategy, and we're already seeing inventory prepayment play out at the high end of the manufacturing spectrum. So when I say that, we've already seen that companies like Amazon, Google, Apple, that have the balance sheet, capital structure, and technology know-how to either partner and prepay, or in some cases become fab manufacturers themselves at a small level, they're going to be able to navigate it the best. But they have the balance sheet to support those types of early investments so that they can get a longer tail visibility into their manufacturing process. But what does everybody else do? So this is the time where the everybody else category needs to start to give really clear or as clear as they can, demand signals to their technology providers, but also to introduce different channels of supply, whether it be open market distribution like A2 or direct from factory and have all of these critical conversations now before they become hypercritical because there's no inventory for them to use in the future. So it really is be there early, be there often, And if you have the balance sheet, you may want to do some prepayment for the highest of the technology users. So those are some strategies that can go in place, knowing that, you know, not everybody has that type of balance sheet. And Frank, keeping our sights in uh, 2024 and what is beyond, I want to ask you, what's in store for A2 Global this year? We have a lot of things and we're pretty excited about, you know, a few of them, namely we're fully launching a suite of quality assurance testing and configuration of semiconductors really focused at that long tail 25 nanometer to 60 nanometer technology type. Why? It's because, you know, those are the ones that are not only going to be the have nots as it relates to supply, but also maybe have never on a go forward basis because those products aren't going to be even available direct from factories. So they're going to need key distribution partners with vertically integrated solution environments Uh, so they can get their industrial application, aerospace defense applications up and running as quickly as they can. We're also doing a lot of partnering with different 
manufacturing and sourcing opportunities in the higher end or smaller geometry technology so that we can help support the manufacturers of those high-end technology products that aren't the Googles, the Apples, and the Amazons that have the balance sheet in order to support on their own. We've got uh, a lot of big levers we can pull to help technology users and technology manufacturers help mitigate 2024's what we think will be more of a rougher landing than a smooth landing in the supply and demand of semiconductors in the marketplace. And Frank, say I am an organization that is looking to diversify my supply and I want to partner with a distributor like A2 Global. How do I do that? How do I partner with a company like yours? And maybe what are some questions I should bring to the table when I'm trying to vet a supplier that works for me? Yeah, that's a really good question. And so the first question first, partnering with A2 Global is really easy. You can find your local A2 organization or representative from our website, which is a2globalelectronics.com. And we are in every major market in every corner of the world with distribution and service facilities in the Netherlands and the Americas in Florida and in Singapore to serve as Asia, along with service organizations in Japan, China, every major market in the U.S. and EMEA as well. So finding us is really easy. And doing business with us in the local marketplace uh, is also really easy. But what you get with A2 is you get the local interface, but you get the leverage of a global company. So that's where, you know, we get to what are the questions you want to ask. I mean, the first question is, do they have the quality and know-how and distribution methodologies that are up to snuff with your existing supply chain metrics and methodology? So those are the first things, and A2 obviously can check that box. The second piece is, do they have a varied suite of services? So as I mentioned before about A2's vertical integration, not only with the distribution of technology products, but the configuration and manipulation of products, whether it be tape and reeling, different testing methodologies, different material preparation methodologies, so they can go into aerospace and defense applications, they can go into industrial applications, as well as high-end commercial applications. You don't want to have to diversify your supply chain so much so that you have to add cost and complexity, but you want to be able to have enough diversification so that you have a quality distributor, you have direct supply already from the manufacturer, and maybe you have some franchise direct supply as well. And if each of those entities have varied services, then it's a multiplier effect. So there's you know other questions you want to be asking your new supply entrant. So is it global? Can I leverage it local? Do they have more than one type of offering so that I can not only leverage piece parts, but I can also leverage an entire service offering? And they can do it in every major market of the world. Those are the types of things that A2 offers. And those are the questions that I would be asking any new partner I was bringing on board. Frank, I want to thank you again for joining us today. It was a lot of great information, and I appreciate you sharing your expertise and insight. Uh, Thank you, Tyler. Uh, Always uh, happy to help out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Innovation Destination. Follow us online at supplychainconnect.com or find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter to stay up to date on the latest supply chain industry news. Do you have any questions or is there a topic you would like us to cover in a future episode? 
please contact us at editors at supplychainconnect.com. That's E-D-I-T-O-R-S at supplychainconnect.com.